Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello. Hello. Did I get them all right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I, there we go. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Everything's fine. Welcome to Season 24, <laughs> Episode 8 of Happy Jack Jeopardy Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tappy. And I'm Dave77. You're quiet. Your mi- yeah, your mic's good. All right. Look at my nipple. You, yes. <laughs> right. In this episode of Happy Jack Jeopardy Podcast, Midas from Adelaide writes in to defend D&D classes. Jim Toe asks about... Parting with gaming materials and regrets. Joe Crack asks, is Detective Noir a playable genre? And Taylin sends a 10th anniversary message to her husband, Daniel. Aww. Aww. That's nice. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And we're on social media. We have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. Happyjacksforum.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and MeWe, Happy Jacks RPG, all one word. Very all good. of those. Oh, and also, if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to uh, happyjacks.org slash live, and we stream the show Fridays at 7 p.m.-ish, Pacific Daylight Time. Mm-hmm. And Twitch. And Twitch. But Happy Jacks.org slash live takes you to all of those things. True. Uh, uh, now, how's your uh, Kickstarter going? <laughs> oh, why, thank you. Yes. I mentioned it last week. Oh, thank yeah. you. I, yeah, the Kickstarter's doing quite well. We funded, and that's very nice. Yay. But for awesome. those of you who've been living under a rock, so Monkey Fun Studios just recently did a Kickstarter, or is doing a Kickstarter, for our new game, A Town Called Malice. Yes. And that is Nordic Horror and Small Town Isolation. So Excellent. it's Twin Peaks, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, mm-hmm. a Dark, if you've seen a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very much in there. Fortitude. Great series that I love, mm-hmm. and so all those things are in there now. And uh, right now, we're going to our next stretch goal, which is going to include Station to Station, where it takes place on a on a mining colony outside of Jupiter, mm-hmm. nice. and then also uh, Season of the Witch, which is kind of which is kind of uh, a Blair Witch <laughs> type of uh, scenario. So, if you are interested, definitely check us out on. Kickstarter or our website at monkeyfunstudios.com. Yep. Bam! Exciting. Boom! Yep. I backed it. It's, I'm very excited. It's very cool. I, I'm, I'm going to back it. I haven't yet. And you, uh, this is one of the ones you like beta tested when we did our rainbow railroading. Yes, and actually yeah. that video is on uh, the Kickstarter page. Yeah. That re- I really thought that was um, a good uh, play test. It was a really mm-hmm. good scenario because even though most of the people, it was the introduction for everybody at the table, everybody picked it up very quickly and everybody really got into their role and it allowed it allowed Stork to embrace his <laughs> inner, you know, Swede or yes. whatever that accent he was, his Norwegian it. voice. He's been doing so. it ever since then. Like all the games he keeps picking like people from that part of the world <laughs> since that game. Yeah. It's like so the it, actually, it was a really good game and so I'm really happy with it. Different than what we did before. It's not quite as zany and off, you know, off the mm-hmm. wall is like Spirit of 77 or how Bedlam Hall can be in a nightmarish sort of way. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, okay. it's good. Oh, nice. Awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We also have JackerCon coming up in June. That's right. So check out, go to, yes. uh, JackerCon is our online fan run convention. Um, and you can sign up for games, you can sign up to run games, you can sign up to playing games. Um, there are people from all over the world, so all different time zones. So there's like ones happening wherever you live. There's probably one happening at a time you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to jackercon.com, 
you can go and sign up there, make an account. Um, there's also a Discord, which I think they have a link on the on the thing, and that's going to be June twenty third to the twenty to July first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's 49 days, 20 hours, and 35 minutes left before it starts. Yes. Yeah. Not to be confused with JackoffCon, which is oh, something completely, completely different. Completely different, and right. we're not associated with no. that. I mean, some of us might participate. <laughs> we may have attended. JackerCon.com is the thing to register for it and sign up and all that shit. Did you say that? Yeah. I didn't hear you say that. That's fine. I was waiting for you to say it, and I didn't think you did. It's okay. I'm a woman. Don't listen to me. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Start with that shit. All right. Well, would you mind getting me a beer since you're <laughs> already there? Two beers already. I'm gonna need a third, apparently. Yes. All right. I've started already. In defense of D and D, well, classes really from Midas in Adelaide. I like Adelaide. Do this in your accent. They don't like it when I do the accent, Maybe. even though even though Siri recognizes it just fine. Wait, wait. Who doesn't She's like it? To everything I don't actually said. know that for sure. Okay. I just assume that. All right. It's just when I do the accent, Australian numbers go down. <laughs> uh, hey, Stu and the Jacker crew, Midas here from Adelaide. Kelsey just one are offended. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to throw in my two cents to this grim, encrusted well of nerd sweat and rage. On season fifty-one, episode forty-three, or whatever you guys, whenever you guys brought it up, uh, you mentioned. How you as hosts are unable to see a reason for classes in your RPGs. Multiple times this topic has come up, and many a time with many different people, it's all come to the same conclusion we don't need classes at all. That's not true because Joey was here for an episode and defended it tenaciously. Vehemently, so, yes. The concept that was, of classes or just for classes in D&D? The concept of classes. Okay. Um, well, he was specifically taught, we were, that was specifically about D&D, sure. so I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you're going to defend D&D classes, though, I'm pretty sure you're probably fine with it in every other game. Probably. Uh, I hear time and time again you talking about systems like Wall Talents, GURPS, and Savage Worlds, to name a few, as better games purely because they have more customized character progression system in them, and and that having such a restrictive class system like D&D is such a hindrance to gameplay. I kinda, cannot explain how much I want to scream into my headphones... Don't scream into your headphones. It actually does no <laughs> good. <laughs> scream into a mic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the answer, but instead I thought I'd take the time and carefully write out my response to your opinions. The reason D&D is so popular and why the class system uh, <coughs> is needed is because it's easy. <clears throat> you level up, you gain hit points, a class feature, maybe some spells. A paragraph of text tells you this cool ability and now that you can now do, and that is that is it. No more need for you to assign points where you uh, want to get better and ultra-customize yourself. It's just XP, level up, and go. As a person who has has to introduce new people to role-playing games quite a lot, D&D has made itself benefit from the fact that it's stuck to the class system. Each class represents your favorite archetype from fantasy. If I say the word ranger, most people will think of Aragorn or Legolas. Is Legolas a, a, a ranger too? Uh, he uses a bow. Only yeah. rangers use bows. Didn't you know? Because it's a, it's a class system. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if I say paladin, most people think of King Arthur or Teutonic Knights of the Crusade. I think of Michael from Dresden Files. Yes. I think that's the, the best 
Paladin the ever. best paladin in the world. Yeah. I think of Richard Boone. Who's Richard Boone? He's played pal. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> oh, is that? I'm this stork. He gets these jokes. That's a have gun. Will travel. <laughs> yes, the heart thank you. Of- okay. okay. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. It's an old TV show. (laughs) (laughs) If I say wizard, Gandalf or any other wizard from pop culture will spring up. Except wizards in D&D are badasses, Gandalf. Um, If I say monk, then people who like anime start telling me about their favorite anime characters, and I immediately regret bringing it up. Or they think of Jackie Chan. I think of... um, Xiao Young Fat, who is in Bulletproof Monk. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. I was thinking I think of Fatty Dragon. Fat Dragon? That's Sammo Hung. Oh, oh no, Sammo Hung. Yeah, yeah, Sammo Hung. He's one of the three brothers: uh, Jackie Chan, Yin Bu, and uh, Sammo Hung. There are three. I know the name, but I can't remember. He had a TV series for a while. Yeah, he was uh, like a kung fu cop. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. Um, or they think of Jackie Chan. With this one, with this sentence. one sentence character association, it allows you to get into character. Well, it wasn't capitalized, so I was confused. Um, to get into character that you like a lot easier and start playing the game for fun faster. I've had his his um, punctuation is starting to. I think he was drinking when he wrote this. His, his his punctuation is starting to decline. Um, I've hand, I've handed down handed Shadowrun characters. And one roll engine characters to people, and have had them take a while to role play, and are always a little more hesitant. But the moment I pass a D and D sheet to them and say it's a human fighter who has an enchanted sword, think Jon Snow. Oh. We were just having a conversation about. So that. they just do nothing. He does nothing, and everything just falls in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! We're making you king. <laughs> you just didn't do anything except exactly what you shouldn't do. Right. Hooray! You're king. Uh, think Jon Snow and the lights immediately, and, and they lights immediately light up, and they know what's going on. I'm all for custom customization and verisimilitude. That's a vampire discipline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but some no, days, that's a color. Oh, but that's some, a type of spaghetti, right? <laughs> but some days, I just want to get together with friends and not need to worry about all the complexities other systems bring. Even those hippie games tend to make me get a little more exhausted to play as they require more narrative adaption as every role will change the game and you need to be participating as well. Some days, the paladin just wants to roll dice and smite the big bad evil thing because it burnt down the orphanage for no reason. So to sum up, D&D classes have a place in RPGs as it is easy and and that ease breeds fun and add more flair and customization later to find a level you're comfortable with. Now, for the love of God... Just call it what it is. Easy, fun, and accept that it has a place amongst <laughs> other games you all play. Tropes are good. Classes are the tropes, which makes my life as a GM easier. Question for you all, then. What is the archetype class you always gravitate towards as a player? Apologies for the length, but when you've been holding back on unloading for so long... <laughs> believe me, I had diverticulitis. I know all about that. Steady. <laughs> Sorry for the length, but I've been holding this back for quite some time. <laughs> Just say when. <sighs> um, uh, it tends to build up and explode. Yeah. Wait. What would I, was I talking about? Right. Uh, Oh, yes. Screw you all and have a wonderful day. Your weekly show never fails to bring light to my non-alcohol-filled heart. Whoa, he doesn't drink! (laughs) What happened to your dude? What happened to your punctuation? He just got, like, passionate as he was typing. I'm too furious for apostrophes! Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Drink. 
Huzzah! You're right. We know you're right. Oh, it's it's a whole preference thing. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that's why like we keep we talk a lot about how D and D is kind of like the gateway to RPGs, and I think that's one of the reasons it is because one, it's the easiest to have. Uh, you know, access to because it's the thing most people play. Maybe, and then uh, it is the thing most people play. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But then, and then when you sit down at the table, you can be like, okay, this is who you are. It's not well. Here's a bunch of decisions now you have to make. Like you do have to make decisions, but it's like you have the basic layout there. So it's a, it is a good starting place as far as classes. Ah, uh, fuck this. <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> um, boy, there's a lot to unpack here. Other than just it's easy and fun. First of all. I'd be. Sh- I, I don't know if I ever said personally that the only reason D and D sucks is that compared to something like Savage Worlds, is that it has classes. Like that's no. kind of a big thing to like put forward on like the podcast. Maybe some people made fun of it for that. Oh, uh, my my problem has has. I have. I, I'm on record saying that I other many other bigger problems with D and D than classes. Yes. Um, and so, like, I, I understand where you're saying it's like, it's easy, new people get into it, and it's fun. Except that that's not necessarily true. Like, I'm going to go to the what archetype class do you gravitate to? Uh, weirdos. Like, I don't like to play things that I do not want to play Jon Snow. I do not want to play Legolas. Like, I don't want to play Aragorn. Like, that all just bores the ever-living shit out of me. So if you're like, you are a ranger, here's your bow, here are your two scimitars. One is fire, the other one is ice. Right. I'm completely uninterested. So, like, when you start with uh, uh, a class like Thief or something, becoming a weirdo takes a while. Like, uh, like I had my character Dor, who was a warden who thought he was a, a cleric. cleric. Right, a Bahamut. That's, right. that's fun. Um, but it took me a while to actually like, and also his fourth edition, so you're only kind of like multi-class. Sort right, of. but right. I, I think... Everyone's a Jedi. Like, th- that's really good points for how you like to play. No, but, but that's what, th- this is like, these are truths. People like tropes. That mm-hmm. is not a truth. There are many people who don't like tropes or like to turn tropes on their head. Right. right, but I don't know necessarily if that's that's definitely like something people when they're trying something new, they like something that's familiar and that they can like. I mean, maybe you're just braver than most people. I'm but just a, I know I'm just a weirdo. You're just weirdo, it, you want to be in, on brand. I get it, um, but I think that I, I don't think that is something you can deny. Is that that is part of like like not everybody, but a huge portion of the population when they w- are trying something new, they like to be familiar with it and in the space they're comfortable. If having a class makes them more comfortable because they got okay, I know who the character is, kind of now I can like figure out the math part of this weird new thing I'm trying. Like that, there's a level of comfort there. I just think it's kind of boring. I mean, I mean? I, I don't even know if for an, a, a brand new player coming in if it's necessarily an advantage. For some players, I think it probably is. But there are some people who are like, I want to play this. Okay, well, that doesn't exist. You have to play... You're you're describing something that doesn't exist in the game. Yeah, I mean, you you like, have to be... Either, you can be a fighter, or you can be a, a ranger. See, I'm not sure... Like, I, You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if it's an advantage. I think it's a security blanket. But I don't... Which is a different thing, because if it's an advantage... Like, I think most people could jump into most RPGs. Like, I think, honestly, PBTA is a much simpler game to get your head around as far as playing for 
like for someone who's just new coming in because there's less mechanics things like that but i think that coming into something that they that seems super familiar uh, like hey you're going to be gandalf or think of somebody like there's a very clear picture of who they're going to be when they have that image in their head and they have that um, kind of model for them i don't know if you if if things like wizards and rangers and stuff are familiar you probably are not like a, a noob when it comes to the fantasy genre. And like by the time I started role playing, I had read a metric fuck ton of fantasy books to the point where I'm I still want to do something. I've gotten so many ideas right. from so many different worlds in so many different places mm-hmm. of what would be cool to be when you put yourself in all of those different books and they're like, you are a fighter with a sword. Like, well can I be like a fighter who does something different? Mm, yeah, you got to level up for that. Ah. Yeah, I, I, I think there's. It, I think you're right some, for some players, but I think yeah. there's other players who are like, I don't know. I mean, fantasy is more a more limited genre, but if mm-hmm. like if they were playing a superhero game and you were playing because there are superhero games with classes, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Mutants and Mastermind. Yeah. Masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, masks has played. Okay. Yeah. So, or, or but someone comes up. Who's a f- maybe a fan of of comic books and of the superhero genre to come into role playing for the first time, and they have I have always had this character in mind. I want to make this character. Well, you might be able to make that character in that in those classes. You might not, mm-hmm. but you go find a more a game that with more flexible character creation, and then you can say, okay, you can design it exactly the way you want. If you want it to be very samey as everything else, you use Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. If you want it to be overcomplicated and use a lot of math, you use you use Champions. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I mean. I think just the numbers here. I mean, we can't deny like D and D is the biggest role playing <coughs> game, like tabletop role playing game. Is that because it's good? No, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying whether I'm not saying whether it's good or not because I don't particularly love D and D personally. But I'm saying because it has appeal to people, like it is the cheese and pepperoni pizza that is the staple of most parties, and that every it may not be your favorite kind of pizza. But it's there and it's solid. Some of some of us see cheese and pepperoni. Some of us see Canadian bacon and pineapple. Not, really. <laughs> um, but I love but, pineapple pizza. But I mean, just by the sheer number of people who play tabletop RPGs altogether, and the percentage of people in that who play D and D, including us, sometimes still, yeah, like there is a draw, there is a an appeal yes. there, and that is like tied up with the whole system including classes. I'd, I have a tough go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take a look at it from a different angle, mm-hmm. which is which is that <laughs> it's not just based off of individual players, but it's also talking about player groups mm-hmm. because it's one game when you say, you know, it, it's one game to say, okay, you know, I'm playing the fighter and you're playing the thief and and you're playing the the wizard and you're doing that. But if we were all playing one type of if we were all playing halflings, mm-hmm. okay, that's definitely a game and that's going to be a very specific type of game, but it doesn't have the universal kind of a options to people when you have basically a spread of different types that are there. And not to say that, you know, having all, you know, monks in one game is is, you know, bad, you know, or something like that. It's it's perfectly fine. But it's not, you know, it, it, it's not easy. You know, as a, as a GM, that's tricky. You have to change the game quite a bit because you know that there are going to be certain things that a group of halflings aren't going to be able to get, like doorknobs. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
The point is, is that by having jars up of high shelf, yeah. <laughs> you can get rid of the ring, but you have to put it up there. <laughs> no, no. But the point is, is that you know, looking at it from a bigger perspective, it's you need to have different skill sets to have a more well-rounded type of game group. You know, I mean, sure. that's when we when, when we were putting together Spirit of Seventy Seven, available through Drive Through RPG. <laughs> There were very specific. Hey, man, come on! There are certain are roles no, that no, no, are no. necessary. It's like okay, we knew that we were going to have you know the fighter. We knew we were going to have to have somebody who was going to do uh, the investigation work. And by having those kinds of classes, it made it a lot easier. Not just for people to say, okay, I know what I'm going to play, mm-hmm. but it also means, okay, I know what the group is going to do. Oh, you know, we have to figure out. You know how we're going to. You know who shot this guy? Let's talk to the sleuth. Let's mm. talk to Kimmy. She's the one who's the sleuth. So we're going to let her do it. Now that doesn't mean you know the fighter or you know the tough guy in spirit of seventy-seven terms can't do that. Mm. But you know that when that happens, you're going to have antics ensue. And it's the same thing with D and D. It's to say, okay, we're going to have the barbarian use his charisma to go try to talk to the town guard to let us through. And on one hand, that's perfectly allowable. On the other hand, nobody in their right mind thinks this is not going to have antics occur because of it. Yeah. Right? You know it's going to be an interesting story. And there's nothing wrong with that. But having those types of classifications makes it a more balanced group dynamic as opposed to just individual players. Mm-hmm. I think it also makes it really easy for people because so many people now have played some type of, of, of video game. It makes it really easy for people who've played video games to step into those roles in group dynamics and in combat and still be effective. Like, you know, hey, I'm the tank, I'm the so-and-so. Like, so many games now, even if you're not a WoW player or something, like, you've you've played games um, where you've had those different roles. (coughs) Just about everything has that. You know, you're the support, you're the healer, you're the tank. Um, So many things. So I think it's easy for people who are familiar with that to step in um, and know what they're supposed to do in a battle, even if they've never done it before. I do want to answer Midas's question, and you're probably going to laugh, but my favorite class in D and D is cleric. I like playing Aww. clerics. Mm-hmm. That's cool. My favorite character ar- archetype doesn't exist in D and D. I'm sure there's grumpy old bastards. Grumpy magic. In D&D. <laughs> no, no. Fa- <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, no. Set it up. Set it up. Uh, mine. Mine. Face characters. What's that? Face characters. Yeah. Bard. Don't say bard. No, bard's not a face character. Bard's bard. I'm not. That's a spell thrower. I don't want to be a spell thrower. I want to talk my way out of shit. They're spell. They're spellcasters, aren't they? Also, they? like, have really high charisma and stuff, don't they? So you can. It, one does not. No, you, you have high charisma because they use that for your spells, just like warlocks. Right, but right. warlocks can be talky, but they're also spellcasters. I, I totally see where Steve's coming from. Here. I would love it. There is no. There is no face. Just character. want to be a face character that has no powers. Yeah. Did you ever watch the A Team? Yes. Yeah. Once or twice. <laughs> face. I had a character that was all of That's them. where the term comes from. <laughs> face. They call them face. I mean, you could probably make yourself a bard that just wasn't good at any th- magic stuff. Well, no, but if you have a high charisma, you are good at magic stuff by default. You can't make yourself not good at it if you have a high charisma. And that's you part of the not problem. Cast yourself. <laughs> like, I feel like that's mm-hmm. like getting super picky because. Okay. I'm just Is saying it's a it? character class that doesn't exist. But that's a role-playing choice. So you can be like, I'm not good at spells. Well, you are in your character sheet but mathematically. Okay, well, I'm just not going to okay, use them because so I'm going to be... So in any point-based game system, I can build a face character who's an effective face character. I, I mean, I'm not saying... Spirit 77 has one. Yeah. <laughs> right. But actually, no. So this is a very interesting segue. So 
I had a conversation with John Wick, not Keanu Reeves, but the guy who did <laughs> Seven Seas. And one of his um, conversation starters, more like argument starters, is that the concept that D&D is not a real role-playing game. And because I don't no, agree with that. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying I espouse <laughs> this oh, oh, or agree man, with that. I can totally see him saying that. But right. the fact that basically for exactly what you're saying, where because the game itself, the system it's, does not lend itself to charisma or social interactions. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it, you know, 100%, but I am saying that that is something that other people have mentioned about right. D&D, the fact that that is a deficiency in the well, overall I mean, character. There are, there, are, there are, I'm sure in that list, list of 15 skills, there are social skills. Yeah. I'm sure there are. Yes. It just doesn't lend itself well to no. it, is what he's saying. No. And and there is there is no class that it's like I just want to do this. I want to be I want to like just talk to people and convince them to do what I want them to do. That's all I do and I'm really good at it. And that class doesn't exist. Prostitute. I mean, it's probably. I mean, it probably exists somewhere. There's so many splat things, and people have made their own. Oh, it, well, in fifth edition, there's almost no splat books. Well, well, that's what. But people. I mean, if you go back, if you go classes. back, yes. Well, you can also look online because a bunch of if people. If I'm going to make my own class, why don't I just play a game that will just support the character concept yeah. I want to make? Well, you because you're not too. a new new character. New <laughs> players don't necessarily make their own character. And classes. I don't. And, and see, the thing is, and that's no, the but thing. They're online, like people have made them for you. You just download it and print it. Yeah, because they're the totally balanced, and you can trust them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think new players are going to worry about that either. But why, as a GM, would you allow that? Because you do, because you want to say yes, and but, but this, this is, is why easy. Blue Apron but didn't work. This is why it's, it's supposed like, to be. I could go get this myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like so. It's like once you start, like right, it, something being easy necessarily limits choice. Yeah. Right. I'm not arguing that. <coughs> and so I think that helps people. Some people don't so, want all the choice, and some, some. people do. Right. And so, right. so this is saying what I'm reading here is all people. When they are first starting out, want hand holding. I don't think they said that at all. Do tell. Uh, I, I mean, I, they, I think they're saying like, like it's easy and people like the that. The class season system is needed. Yeah. Because it is easy. Right. And no, it is not needed because it is easy. There are some people are, who need it to be th- easy. Yes, but it is not needed for everybody. It doesn't say for everybody in the email. It just says needed. There are some people who need it, right. so that, it is which needed. Is, well, that was the point I was bringing up earlier, is the fact that there are. I think there are some new players who are going to have a preference towards archetypes, yeah. and there are other players who are not. Yeah. So I don't think you can make a blanket statement saying that if you have new people, it's you should be teaching them D&D, or that class systems are better for new players. I don't think that's necessarily true. And, and that is what I am reading here. I am. I well, he's am he's here. he's also taking a very extreme uh, position because he feels that there's a void of this opinion. <laughs> well, which I, well, I mean, there are lots of games that have class systems that I like. I really like Apocalypse World that has playbooks. Yeah. Right. But the thing about that one is that there are definite choices in it that you can make. But also, you gain new <coughs> abilities very quickly, and it's built into it that you can grab like moves from other playbooks. So you very quickly blossom out into a very different type of character than the one that you had two or three sessions ago. Right. As opposed to D&D, it feels like you don't have a, a full character until you're in fifth, until you're fifth level. But new players, you really want to start them out at fifth level and have them choose a whole bunch of stuff that they don't that they don't understand. Have, right. They don't understand. You know, so because it is designed for that slow level progression. So it's like, yes, there's room for classes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or there are room for classes as like a design thing you can do. There's in World of Darkness, 
being a vampire can be seen as just a class unto itself, as well as all the different clans, mm-hmm. etc. There is absolutely room for all of that, but within that, there needs to be some at least some sort of wiggle room, or pro- quick progression in order to to start showing the type of character you want to play. And that's that's my opinion on it. Is that yeah. class systems are not necessarily bad, but when you shoehorn people into them and, and necessarily restrict their choices, especially after like. Once you're you played like three or four times, yeah. Especially if it's a home game and you're playing like for six hours, you probably you probably got a little bit of a handle on the system that works. Right. Yeah, so but, yeah, I but mean, you I, also yeah. develop kind you develop you develop more depth when you are having those constraints on you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, that's one of the things that to say that you know, for instance that you are going to be limited by this, you know, going back to the barbarian having to do the the you know do the charisma check you know for a fact that's you know as I said antics are going to sue but then it makes you as that barbarian say okay how am I going to go about this how am I going to overcome this I totally disagree with that like we're shocked in in like I made a fifth edition <laughs> D and D character Please. Yeah. that was a barbarian well it was a barbarian warlock who thought that they were a paladin oh but there's no truth like warden he was a warden. No, no, no. That, this is the one that in fifth edition. Oh, in fifth. Okay, right? I'm sorry. It's, but it's it's a fifth, fifth level character, again. but that had like a 14 charisma, mm-hmm. and so like because of the choices I made to make that character at fifth level, mm-hmm. I managed to 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 create one that was a very odd barbarian, a fucking weirdo barbarian that could be very like interesting and sure. fun in a like. A social situation, but you realize what you just said was that you you, you were able to do it. Yeah. you did it. No, hold on, <laughs> no, no, no. hold on. You in, did in it at level exactly. Yes. My point being is is that you basically set the odds to say where you could be able to skirt around it because you started off at a point where you could. Yes, that's exactly it. That should be first level. You yeah. sh- it and should I be first level where you can be at the point where you can make an interesting character that can do things outside of the bounds of that normal trope. And I think because if I'm a barbarian that is not going to be like charismatic and is going to be stupid, I'm just going to be bored. But again, then why like, did you pick it? Yeah, that's your personal preference. Like some people will like having that trope to lean on until they feel super comfortable, and then no, well, no, no, going I, back to this, what if I want to play? What if I anything I pick, I want to be a weirdo. Okay. If I if no, I pick no, no, a wizard, this is I about be you. A, no, 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 no. This is about. Well, so this I, is all about preference. Yeah, this is about exactly. preference. And these are my preferences. Absolutely. And there are other people who have these preferences too. Okay. Right. Absolutely. No, no. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to go deeper on this. I'm not <laughs> fighting you on this. So, okay, so you're saying that you wanted to play a barbarian that was heavily social, right? Well, a whole bunch of different things. Okay, but, yes. but again, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going with what you said. So, why did you pick a barbarian specifically? Because it can be a lot of fun to be in these social situations where also you're a fucking terrifying like barbarian creature. Okay. And you get to approach approach convincing people with nice words sure. while you have an axe the size of their head and you're seven feet tall. So you How fun it? is that? But you're not intimidating them. But you wanted it both ways is what you're saying. Well, yeah. And the thing is, you <laughs> can't because it. because then you you have detriments in other parts, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah, because at fifth level, there's there, there's effectiveness you that you're it. giving up for the barbarian yes. side of it, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. Yeah, the, the barbarian is, is not as good as barbarian as other barbarians. No, right. I, I, I'm what I'm po- trying to say is it's not unlike the, you know the idea of saying that you know Stu driving around in a Pinto saying, "Yep, I'm going to help you move." It's like 
yeah, you can do that, but you are not going to be very good at it. You know, right. that's well, the point. There's a different No, no, hold on. You picked a barbarian class because you wanted to have barbarian traits, not a barbarian background, barbarian traits, but you also wanted to have also the social aspects of it. So you were trying to basically game the system to have it both ways. No, because you that's... just said you wanted it both okay. ways. Let me let me let me explain <laughs> this to you. What what I'm hearing you say is you think I want to be the best barbarian nope. and the best talker. Nope. And that is not true. That's not what I said. So having it both ways is being less effective in both of them mm-hmm. for my own role-playing fun. Which is fine. Right? Mm-hmm. But isn't that so, the choice you make in like every system like this? But, but you don't get to make that choice until you get further on. Right. And that's the problem. You that's the problem with yeah. the, first, the singular first level, trope. That, there's not a lot of difference right. between fighters. There's we not a lot of difference. That's, that's the problem with the trope. But so that the, the, the whole I'm not saying that I think you're arguing a point that we're not making. Like yes, it's a trope, and some people like that, and that's the point we're making. Is it's personal preference. Some people don't want to try and be weird at first. They don't want to try and bend the rules. They like that safety blanket of I am something sort of familiar that I don't have to branch that I don't have to branch out from yet. Some people don't, and some people like want to jump in and do something super crazy the first time they've played RPGs. But there's also like, I showed up for con on Friday night where I don't want to do weird things. I want to just murder things. I'm tired. I've been in traffic. I drove to Santa Monica. Like, I want to... <laughs> right. So you just uh, like, where I don't really want to think about it that much. Now, after a night of drinking and sleep, the next morning, I'm okay. I want to make a weirdo character that I can really roleplay. It'll be great. Oh. But we have those times where we, like, don't want that. And I think it, that's okay. No, no, no. I, I, again, I'm not saying that you can't do it, but what I am saying is that you're trying to make Daredevil in a way where it's like, you know, I'm a ninja but I'm also blind, but I can still see. It's like, okay, you're kind of putting a lot of things in here to skirt around basic basic limitations. No, no, no. No. Hold on. No. (laughs) Let me say, no. It isn't that you're skirting around to try and skirt around and game the system. It is that you're making character choices Mm -hmm. that allow you to do different things than the specific trope. Then what in the barbarian would be that limitation? Um, like you said before, mm-hmm. bad social skills. But you're intentionally making the character so you are skirting that. Tappy's weird and he's controlled. Uh, yes, because I want to make a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, he wants right. to make... Yeah. That's, I want to make something that is different. That is specifically, like, any class I do, I want to make something different. And I think a lot of people like that. I don't think people want to make tropes all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. But what you're saying, by your own admission, I'm wanting to make something weird means you want to do something that goes beyond what the limitations and the the constraints of the character, right? Mm -hmm. Well, no. No, that is not... That's not really what he's saying, though. Yeah, that sounds like you want to do something more. Go on. And what I'm saying is, I want to do something else. Okay, let me let me let me try let me try rephrasing this, and then we can sure. move on, please. Uh, <laughs> I th- I think what what he's saying what, what his his point is that if you, you here you have you have your class, okay, mm-hmm. and here are the limitations of your class. Now, sure. when I get up to fifth level, I can I, by that point I've picked a few feats, and I've can and I can up different stats, and I can I can move my character away from the archetype that it starts out at first level into a character that's more three dimensional, more different, breaking out of these pigeonholes that are the, the various archetypes. Sure. And that should you should be able to do that way back here, okay, at first level. Now, okay, yes. Let me answer. That. Now, I'm not saying you have to. Okay, I, I'm not arguing with you to. about that. 
But what you're saying is, is that, okay, in order to have that, you want to have that at the first first level? Right? I would think so. Is that the right place for a new player to start? Well, uh, like, I, like I said, you don't have to, but give the have the option. I think we were way off topic. Because the, the topic was not to debate about classes again. It's like, the whole point is that there are it's some... A, it's exactly what this is about. He's no. defending. He's defending. <laughs> yeah, he's defending them, but it's not for us to go into the minutiae of it. It's like, hey, some people like this. And yes, that's not something we can deny. Yes, some people like it. Well, for, well if we're going to do that, we've got a five-minute show. <laughs> yeah, have, you, have you met me? I, I, I two emails, so I'm just I know. like... I live through minutia. I know. <laughs> I think somebody once described it as like splitting the hair down to the atom level. Yes. No, we get it. All right. But, I mean, yeah. Um, uh, I just want to say, Mystery Cycle in the chat room had a good point. He says, a class is also a way to be relatively guaranteed that your character will have a role in the game. And depending on the addition, you can interpret the class in a fairly wide spectrum. So I think that's, I mean, for a new player too, I mean, if everyone's in those tropes, as like even if it's not your favorite thing, it does kind of guarantee that you'll have a role uh, in combat. Like something to do, you'll know what to do. I was done. Okay. Yeah, I was done a long time ago, so you can all fucking just deal with it, because I had to, you, I had to put up with it. Yeah. Parting. I can be done first, Happy. It happens sometimes. <laughs> all right. Let's continue. All right. Yeah, high five. <laughs> uh, parting with game stuff from Jim Tuck. It's turtles hey, and dicks all the way turtles down. Turtles and dicks. <laughs> dick <laughs> turtles. It's dick turtles all the way down. <laughs> Come on, somebody make that a shirt. <laughs> now, like three years ago, I emailed in, in talking about the surprise pregnancy my wife was busy dealing with and my uncertainty about my gaming future. It was a surprise. Uh, it was a surprise because we were told by the doctors that we shouldn't plan on kids. They didn't say impossible, but it was a quote unquote extremely unlikely. So until that day came, we, we s- they said you're going to have a baby. We sp- uh, So until that d- day came when they said, you're going to have a baby, we spent money like two well-employed adults who are never going to have kids. Yeah! <laughs> we were not uh, irresponsible. We always paid our bills. We had, But we had significant ongoing monies each outgoing. month. Outgoing monies each month. What? <laughs> and man, oh man, I bought anything and everything I wanted, RPG-wise. Mostly it was called Cthulhu stuff. I, when working sent me to California or Boston or Atlanta, I looked up a game store after game store and bought every Call of Cthulhu product I could get my hands on. I had nearly three shelves of Call of Cthulhu product, products, a large portion of it out of print. Out of print, because Charlie Crank was a shitty businessman, and thank fucking cripes, he no longer works at Chaos Seal. I actually love the fact that they said fucking, but then cripes. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> fucking criminy diva. Shit, fucking shimmy cricket. Sorry for the mini rat, but seriously, fuck that guy. Gosh fucking darn. God. Also, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I had a lot of other... Figuratively. St- Figuratively. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I had a lot of other stuff as well, but Cthulhu was my jam when it came to RPG products. And then it's, hey, you guys are going to have a baby in three months. Oh, <laughs> and that child needs paid for needs paid needs to be paid for cribs, formula, clothes, diapers, daycare, and a million other things. A whole different sanity yeah. rule. And because I needed so much so fast, I sold ninety nine percent of my RPG. Oh. I made a ton of money on it, far more than I spent, but it's gone. And then I just forgot about it while we got ready for the kid. I've barely given it a second so- thought. Best thing to, to do. Given it a, a, <laughs> given it a second thought since then. But now my boy's two and a half, 
We're about 10 days from moving to a much bigger place. A few nights ago, I was packing up the few RPG books I have left myself. Uh... <laughs> And let myself I buy think I still have your Savage Worlds book here, by the way. <laughs> I'm laughing at the fact that basically this is proving that you know everyone's a smoker when the chips are down. They're right. <laughs> everyone's a gamer, <laughs> regardless of what you you know how many books you have. All right, please yes. go ahead. A few nights ago, I was packing up the few RPG books I have let myself buy in the past few years. A pathetically small number of books that took up about half a box. I was saddened about my Call of Cthulhu collection. I've never regretted selling it. It paid for all the baby furniture we needed, plus a bunch more stuff. But still, I miss rifling through all those old adventures. And after we move, I'll again have room, the room I needed to, in a ho- uh, to house a collection again. I'll start looking out for those books I had before, Ugh. but I know there are some I will never get back short of murder or bank robberies to pay for them. Or eBay. <laughs> they are the ones that got away. Because you can find someone else who's got a kid coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I ask you, Happy Jacks, what are your RPG products that are no longer with you that you miss? And why are they gone? Alien abduction? Sold it? Your ex set it on fire? Jim 2. The difference between right, the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. Mark Twain. Neither of them do you want to actually launch in your ass. Right. I have I, I abandoned an enormous number of RPG books. When my uh, after my first divorce, when I sold my house, my first house, I left almost I think all I think I think I left all of my RPG collection there. That included all of my original AD and D books. That included the first edition and second printing of the, the Traveler Black Box books. Mm. That included probably. Forty, thirty-five, or forty GURPS books. Mm-hmm. Um, c- copy of Champions Second Edition. Oh, I can't even begin to. I mean, it was so much stuff because I had a, I had a hall closet that had double doors. The whole top shelf was all gaming books, and the whole second shelf was magic cards, including magic cards. The the first printing of them that had the different outside thing, oh, which yeah. did, did all those. Yeah. Well, good thing those yeah. don't have value. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard. So, yeah, a, a lot, a lot <laughs> no, of No, you're fine. <laughs> you couldn't have bought a new car with those. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. For a long time, everything I owned could be fit in my Mitsubishi uh, subcompact. Right. So I didn't really have a lot of game books until I uh, moved into the house that my wife and I bought. So then I start buying a fuck ton of books. Right. Because um, the amount of books you have is proportional to the amount of space you have to put them in. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> this, it is known. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, when I was uh, in high school, I had a fuck ton of, um, of uh, oh, Gosh, Rift's books. Mm. Um, but Rift's mm. books are a dime a dozen now. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, I managed to, to get that whole collection back just for nostalgia's sake. Not that ah. I've played Rift's since then, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to have those those old books because I got them for like 30 cents, which right. is great. I realized the book that I had lost over the years that if I could have was actually the GURPS. Say it. Yeah! GURPS version of The Prisoner. Oh, I had that. I had that. Uh, what? That's a thing? Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. That'd be amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was like a dark maroon cover with a gold embossed penny farthing bicycle. Now, now, I will say I 100% prefer 
uh, PDFs and a ton of stuff. I can search them, man. I can fucking like search for a word. It's awesome that's, instead of flipping yes, through. That's true. Um, there, there are many things I like better about PDFs, uh, and so <laughs> they're available on Drive Through RPG. A lot of them, like some of the really like random ass weird stuff, won't be. But uh, I mean, most of it, if they got the rights to it, people are putting out PDFs of it. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's a really easy way to get stuff. <coughs> it, and there is more of a resurgence of bringing back the old uh, classics. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not an RPG, but I was really excited when I heard they're bringing back the old Dune board mm-hmm. game. Oh, the really? old one, yeah, right. the Avalon Hill one. I and have. So, oh man, I have on PDF the old Dune role playing game, oh which is goodness. a clusterfuck. I bet. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, that's available. You can get that. Yeah. The point being is that now. <laughs> The industry's at a point where y- you have a pretty good chance of being able to pull back the ones that you've lost. But as you point out, and you point out, it's not going to be cheap if you go through no. like certain ways. But yeah. right, you know, you got to determine how much you want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Jim Joe. Yeah. Uh, it's detective noir, a playable genre from Joe. Oh, sure. I'll go. Go. Hey, all my jackers. Joe Crack here from the various forms Discord, Twitter, Etc. Because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs> now hold on to your hats and glasses. Sorry. <laughs> That's a Disney joke for those of you out of Cap. Never mind. Oh, yeah, the, a I, rec- hold on. There's the Star Wars land. It, it, there's like a. I have tickets. There's like a waiting list to be able to. They never used to do that. Mm-hmm. It's because it's not open yet. It's an, a waiting list to go do the previews. If you get oh, it's a soft open now, okay. you might get <laughs> into one of the rides. A friend of mine. I'll see it in a decade. A friend of mine did the uh, because thing. he works for Disney. Got to go on the Millennium Falcon ride, yeah. and it's like there are four seats, and there's like a pilot and like a co-pilot and an engineer, <laughs> and like the pilot can do it up and down. The co-pilot goes left and right, and then like the engineer, you have to like yeah. push it in order to like. Do damage control and stuff while you're flying. It's awesome. So, <laughs> and we apologize. We'll get we'll get to this in a second. So, a couple of years ago, uh, Disney actually did a an ARG game and you in the park where you oh, would yeah. have to basically what would happen is that if you were part, I believe, of their podcast, if you were a follower or whatever, or, or, or a particular group of one of their Disney fan clubs, you could get a um, you 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 could get a a, a setup for your phone and you would download the app and then if you were able to take the phone to uh, Disneyland it was really where you would be able to go to certain places in the park and it would lead you with clues to the other things like if you went to the Esmeralda fortune teller in Main Street and you used the app and which would read the because you were near it with some radio thing it would actually give you a special card that you would normally which would lead you throughout the park and actually, at the very end of it, you could go. You could go to the front of the line at Haunted Mansion. And the reason I'm even bringing this up is because people were going, "Well, why did they do this?" Because it was very quiet, but it was a test run. From what I've heard, they're planning to do that with the Disney Park section as well, where yeah. basically you will have a character yeah. in the Disney Park for you know Star Wars, and that <coughs> it will follow you through the entirety of the, the rides. And oh, no kidding! They're making yeah. a mark. Yeah, oh, that's cool. They're totally doing it. So, they're and I think, it up. So they believe that that was the test run, and mm-hmm. it was just insane how how far they went with it, but. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can see why Disney is really <coughs> sharp in thinking. T- two I know. Th- I, I remember um, uh, Bill talking about when Disney Infinity was was about about um, 
being able to take the figurines yeah. out into certain places at mm-hmm. Disneyland, and like if you took it to a certain place, that would unlock a power up. Mm. I, I don't know if they ever actually did that. Though. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I apologize. You want me to start from the beginning? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's, there's not that much. So, hey, all my jackers, Joe Crack here from the various forums, Discord, Twitter, etc. Regarding, regarding, <laughs> now I'm doing it. <laughs> regarding a recent discussion about finding clues in detective stories, I was wondering what the group's thoughts on detective games and more specifically noir fiction games were. In my own experience and that of my friends, noir games are mostly unplayable in most systems. Maybe fiasco, but most RPGs don't blend well to the style of noir fiction. Pin in that. Characters in noir are often antisocial loners that don't accomplish anything on their own and stumble, get beat up, on their way to the end, which sometimes includes their death. Sounds like Jon Snow. Yeah. (laughs) But he'll come back. No, but then then he wins. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 But more often than not, they are powerless to everything going on around them. But but still still win. But still win. (laughs) And get named king. And get 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 declared king. Because, and and sleep with their aunt, because of these... That's right, technically. (laughs) And the often communal cooperative aspects of many RPGs, we just have trouble seeing how to tell those types of stories. What are all of your thoughts on attempting this type of fiction in gaming? Well, shameless mm-hmm. plug, we have one of these games coming up very soon. Max is going to be running City of Mist, yeah. which is going to be a noir game. That's, mm-hmm. Well, City of Mist is built to be a yeah. noir game, yeah. like a detective noir game. It's it's <laughs> really specific for it. What's the system itself? Uh, it's a PBTA system, <laughs> um, but it has like built into it like the ideas of clues mm-hmm. and actually spending right. clues to get information and stuff like that while you do it. Sure. Um, but it's it's also built around like this idea that there's a city that's surrounded by mist that you don't know what's out of it, etc. Hence, city, it's a, yeah. city of mist. But also, you are there is some sort of like legend that Im- that you embody. Okay. And sometimes you become more or less of that legend based on the things that you do. Okay. Um, it's a very interesting system. It has a. Um, uh, uh, system for uh, point values, kind of based on like the old vampire LARP sort of thing, where you have like descriptions of like what you can do, and the more of those descriptions are applicable to the thing you are doing, the more bonuses you have to do it. I have always been a big champion of the Gumshoe system, mm-hmm. uh, and not just for Gumshoe or Bubble Gumshoe, but also Fear itself and Knights Black Agents, where they intend it to be. A noir kind of system where it's uh, clue-based, but instead of it being, well, you're rolling dice to say whether or not you find out the information, you basically pay for the fact that, okay, I am going to get this, but it's going to cost me. And the amount of, of that cost is what is a variable. So that allows you to continue with the story as opposed to you know just missing a piece of information that's just going to f everything up. I, I really like Fear itself. I think it's an underused system. Obviously, most people like Knights Black Agents because who doesn't like being the X Files versus vampires? But I like I like it, and um, I've tried it a couple of times. Uh, my the only time I've done it recently actually was with uh, uh, Chris Gray and Proby Tim. Your hat. And we were able to do that using fear itself, but in the situation where we were searching for clues in a mystery, where they were having difficulty, they didn't know what was going on, people got beat up, Tim did, and all sorts of things to that nature. So I really liked that. And also, uh, Trail of Cthulhu, and that works very nicely. Mm. I have Trail of Cthulhu, that's yeah. a fantastic book. Yeah. yeah. 
I believe it was Ken Hyde. It's Ken Hyde, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, that being said, also, I don't run investigative noir investigative games. Right. I tried a few times, and I suck at it. Now, now, now to, specifically to his question... game with clues in there, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm not running that game. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> I, I think I'll play it, but I won't run I'm it. I'm trying to get it. <sighs> Dave. I mean, noir is a tonal thing, yeah. and what he's describing is basically sort of like the trope of the anti-hero in that kind of a novel or in that kind of a movie. Sure. And that kind of a character is always going to be problematic in a role-playing game. The guy who's the loner who, you know... Loners are... Hard. Terrible in role-playing yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about your family? I have no family. I have no family. Right. And, and that's do what I do. And it, 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 it's always going to be a challenge to have that kind of a character in the game. But I think you can, you can still get that tone, I think, without having that character archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think. Especially if you, there are other kind of tropes yeah. that you can rely upon in there. Even things like lighting, like hard sure. lighting across mm-hmm. people's eyes and stuff like that, or things being dark. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here's a question for the table. Do you consider like the Cthulhu type of RPG to be a noir? 1920s? Well, basically, you know, don't accomplish anything on their own, get beat up on them way they're in, includes their death. More often than not, they are powerless to yeah. everything going on around yeah, them. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the, yeah. you can... I, I, I think there are a lot of people out there running successful Call of Cthulhu games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, I mean, he's really kind of talking about the archetype detective character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's right about that. I think yeah. that having that kind of a character in a game is always going to be, okay, you're going to sidebar because you're... You, you, you nope. can't play Chinatown with five people, right? You know, you have one guy who's... Uh, oh, what's his name? Jack? I don't know. Jake Giddies. Jake, yes. And so, like, you have one person playing Jake, and everybody else is going, Hey, Jake, we want to do something. Nah. Where's yeah. Jake? I don't know. <laughs> He's fucked off somewhere. All right, well, I guess we're going to, like, go to Town Hall. Yeah, I think you have the same problem with that kind of thing as you'd get, um, like, when you, going back to Vampire, when you have a prince. Like, it, like, it all has to kind of revolve around that one person and what they decide to do, which can be really problematic in a, in a yes. group. Would you consider Dresden Files to be a noir? I no, think it's urban I fantasy. So. I don't think it would. Yeah, I, I don't think it would. Well, it can be yeah, I don't think it, totally, I don't think it has the tone yeah. for it. I mean, there have been some books, yes, because there's a couple of the books where he's murmuring to himself and mm-hmm. he's like getting going like really off the deep end when when one of the werewolves is like, "Yeah, are you all right?" Because let me tell you what everyone thinks about you right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I think there it has its moments where it's kind of like that. Okay, but he when always it, comes back to needing and wanting to be part of the group. Yes. Like he, like he can. He has moments where he becomes a loner to protect himself, to protect other people, but is out of caring for other people most of the time. But he still won't miss game night. No. <laughs> <laughs> they start playing the Dresden Files version of D anD. d Well, point. I was just thinking about he going after the person he cares for. And mm. Oh yeah, that's very noir. I mean, yeah, it is. Absolutely. Every episode of well, I, and obviously we spoke series, but. You know, of the Mike Hammer series mm-hmm. is always, you know, Mike Hammer has a best friend who dies in every right. episode. So where you realize you shouldn't be a friend of Mike Hammer because you're going to die and your friendship means he's going to basically solve your murder. Yeah. That's that's the whole that's the story. That's you will it. be put in a refrigerator yeah. at some point, it'll be fine. You know. No, I mean, that's true of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey Mike, you wanna split this cab fare? No, <laughs> Sorry. It's just when are you going to? (laughs) Right, exactly. Hey, Tapster, I believe this one's yours. Ah. Happy gets to read the sweet one. Ah. Ah. Ah, Oh, this is apropos. That's why I said you should (laughs) do it. 
10-year anniversary from Taylin. Oh. Hello, Happy Jacks, and a very nice hello. Don't, 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 uh, don't give her last name. My name is Taylin, and my partner, Daniel, is a long-time listener of your podcasts. He's emailed into you before and was dubbed Aussie Dan. Yay! In case you might remember him. I thought that was Sassy Dan at first. <laughs> sassy Dan. <laughs> sorry, amazing. sorry. I'll put him back on. I'll put him back on. All right. Put the glasses on. All right, fine. Sassy Dan. Okay. Uh, now, <laughs> it's coming up on our 10-year anniversary, and I wanted to plan something really special for him because he has steadfastly supported me through all my tertiary education. Oh. And as a result... I was one of the lucky few PhD candidates to get a full scholarship this year. That's fucking amazing. amazing. Yeah. Bravo. Wow. Um, crap. Uh, and I never could have gotten this far without him. Uh, seeing as I, for the first time in my adult life, have disposable income, I decided that I would get him a gift that represents, or is, what I wanted to get him at our anniversary at the time but simply couldn't afford to between living expenses and raising our son. I know how much he loves your content, and... Hold, sorry, I gave it a... PhD, con, uh, PhD candidate and raising a kid. Yeah. The, Amazing. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> I know how much he loves your content and have, and have already purchased one of your t-shirts for him, but was wondering... <laughs> Did you have you bought the uh, "It's Dick Turtles All the Way Down" yet, or a town called Malice on <laughs> <laughs> What? Um, but was wondering if you guys might be able to give him, a, give him some quick props for being the be- best partner any scatterbrained lady could ask for. Aww. I know this isn't a proper RPG question thing, etc., but it would mean a lot to the love of my life. Super sorry to bother you with something so trivial. Not trivial, actually. No, no, not at all. no, no. Uh, thank you for your time. Regards, Taylor. That's so awesome. Happy anniversary to the tune of Happy Birthday to Taylor and Daniel. <laughs> Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. You forgot how to sing. Yeah. You forgot how to sing. <laughs> I mean, good thing we'll be doing that anytime soon. I also would like to Turn point the out. Mic down. Just play it. Mouth. <laughs> Mouth it. I don't know what, key, what the things you guys are doing. His mic's not even plugged Give in. Give me a C. <laughs> a bouncing C. I also think it's adorable that your 10th anniversary is the same year as the show's 10th anniversary. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Oh. Cute. It's just meant to be. Awesome. That is super adorable. So there, we sang for him. So hopefully, this is a surprise when he listens to the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I left his name out of the preview, and I'll leave it out of the show notes, so he yeah. won't know it's coming. Yeah. I mean, he'll know in the beginning of the show and said, "In this episode." Thank you for being a mensch. That's actually very yeah. important. And you're yeah. and what you're doing is that you're showing that you know the RPG community is not just I'm in a basement with my folks, and it's, <laughs> it shows that you're a responsible human being and that you care about the people you love and you take effort to it, and that's awesome. Thank you for being you. Yeah. Keep supporting your scatterbrain lady. We really support it. We mm-hmm. really need it. Yeah. We love it. And how. All right. I'm ending it. All right. You ending it? Yeah.
you for joining us for season 24, episode 8 of Happy Jack's Everything Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tappy. And I'm Dave77. And we'll see you next week. If coming to the Renaissance Pleasure Fair, it's going on for three more weekends. Hey, what's the name of the group? Uh, the Poxy Boggards. Yeah, the, the Patreon. No, uh, yeah, we do. Uh, uh, <laughs> Patreon.com yes. slash Boggards. For 20 bucks a month, you can see naked photos of the band, and for 40 bucks a month, you won't. Right. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Right? All right. So, yeah, if you want to come out to the Renaissance Fair, come out to the Renaissance Fair. Uh, we got a game on Sunday. What's on Sunday? Uh, Demigods is running right now. Demigods on Sunday. Demi are super amazing sub because the Bree's not going to be there. Are you, you're subbing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll leave the song. And Kickstarter! And Kickstarter for C. That's I said C. A. Dave. You know what I am? Yeah, no, not not that bastard. I'll see you in hell, Dave. Into America, you're a sweeter, kinder, deceiver. You're spunkier than tape. Oh, whiskey, you're my darling, drunker, sober. So now, brave boys, we're on the march and up to Portugal and Spain. Drums are beating, banners fly, and the devils are home. We'll come tonight, oh love, fare thee well. With me tithery idle doodle dum da Me tithery idle doodle dum da Me rex bar to the laddie Oh, there's whiskey in the jar Oh, whiskey or the devil You're leading me astray Over hills and mountains Into America You're a sweeter, kinder, decenter You're spunkier than tape Oh, whiskey or my darling Drunk or sober Well, the French are fighting boldly Men are dying hot and coldly Give every man his flask of power his firelock on his shoulder, oh love, fare thee well. With me to the riddle, little da da, me to the riddle, little da da, me rights falter a laddie, oh there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains and to America, you're a sweeter, kinder, decenter, you're spunkier than tape. Oh, whiskey or my darling, drunker, sober. Says the mother, don't you wrong me. Don't take me, daughter, from me For if you do, I will torment you And after death, me ghost will haunt you Love fairly well With me, tithery, idle, little, da da Me, tithery, idle, little, da da Me, rightful to a laddie Oh, there's whiskey in the jar Oh, whiskey, or the devil You're leading me astray Over hills and mountains And to America You're a sweeter, kinder, decenter You're spunkier than tape Oh, whiskey, or my darling the preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.